Welcome to the Fastest 5 Minutes presented by Kroll and Morning. We are your co-hosts, Peter Ayer and David Robbins, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. We start with purchasing system news. On May 31st, DOD issued a proposed rule to amend the DFARS to establish a purchasing system threshold of $50 million. This action would have an estimated impact of reducing the number of contractor reviews by approximately 20%, while reducing by only 2% the value of contract dollars covered by approved purchasing systems. On to another proposed rule, this one relating to prompt pay. On the same day, May 31st, DOD issued a proposed rule to amend the DFARS to implement Section 852 of the NDAA that provides for accelerated payments to small business contractors and subcontractors. David, over to you. Thank you, Peter. We've got a decision out of the Civilian Board of Contract Appeals. It's a case of first impression. CBCA denied the U.S. Department of Agriculture's motion to dismiss an appeal by Soterra Defense Solutions of a deemed denial of its claims on two task orders for the provision of IT support services. Now, specifically, the Civilian Board ruled that a contractor performing task orders issued against a government-wide acquisition contract properly submitted its claims to the agency ordering contracting officer instead of the procuring contracting officer. Look, it's a narrow ruling, but when you're dealing with jurisdiction, it's important. So we put it in here. Back to you, Peter. Great. And we have a couple of GAO protests to talk about. The first is Abacus Technology. This was released publicly in May. On May 7th, GAO denied the protest of Abacus Technology Corporation, challenging the decision of USCIS, that's Citizenship and Immigration Services, to cancel an ongoing procurement under one contract vehicle in favor of a new contract vehicle deemed more favorable by the government. Abacus protested USCIS' decision to cancel the solicitation as a pretext to avoid defending against a possible future protest. In responding to that protest, the government explained that DHS policy had required use of the Eagle 2 vehicle at the time the solicitation was issued, and that it was only after the second protest that DHS announced new contract vehicles that would allow the government to issue a task order with a longer period of performance. GAO found nothing objectionable about the rationale and no evidence that it wished to avoid a competitive procurement or another protest, ultimately concluding that an agency may reasonably cancel a solicitation when it identifies a more advantageous vehicle. David. Thanks, Peter. One more GAO protest of note. This one was decided a while ago, March 1st, but only recently publicly released, and GAO sustained the protest of Obsidian Solutions Group challenging the Marine Corps decision to exclude its proposal from a competition for a multiple award IDIQ contract for support services. The Marine Corps decided to exclude Obsidian from the IDIQ competition based on the appearance of impropriety arising from Obsidian's hiring of a former USMC official. Now, there have been a lot of cases like this going through recently, so we stuck this in here because GAO said this wasn't sufficient to boot them from the competition. The USMC at the time reasoned that this individual was involved in drafting the latest revisions to the standard operating procedures, which was provided to offerors as an attachment to the solicitation and would serve as the basis for the agency's evaluation of one portion of the proposals. The individual also purportedly had knowledge of the program budget and of the incumbent's contract performance, neither of which were publicly available. 
But GAO ended up sustaining the challenge and described their decision this way. The record failed to show that the individual had access to non-public information that could have provided Obsidian with a competitive advantage in the procurement. So a hire, Peter, isn't enough, right? You actually have to show what advantage they got out of this. And we've got cases all over the place on these decisions yeah, lately. This, is, this has been a really rapid area of development. Questions about what is enough to get through the door on a protest, what's enough to guard against that unfair competitive advantage. And this case is consistent but helpful in terms of understanding what it means to bring a protest, what that burden is. But conversely, if you are trying to be defensive-minded and compliance-minded, what things you can and should do to prepare yourself for that eventual protest. So some good uh, learnings here. Yeah. You know, Peter, there's probably one more topic we should talk about before we close, and it's the continuing saga of Transdime. They've been in the news for the last couple of years mm -hmm. as DOD Office of Inspector General has been questioning what DODIG has termed excess profit earned by Transdime. And the challenge we face here, and I know there's been a lot of congressional interest, but how do you define excess profit? The aviation spare parts aftermarket is notoriously difficult to quantify what reasonably similar profit margins for similar parts are. And Transdime, as reported in the IG report, had refused to give additional information to justify its cost buildup for a number of years. Fast forward a while, they were before Congress. The executives were before Congress in the last couple of weeks being asked really very pointed questions, assuming they were, and to use quotes from congressmen, war profiteers, for example, and taking advantage of the military. And for better or worse, it wasn't effectively pushed back upon in the hearing. So we have a few developments probably worth talking about. One, Transdime agreed to voluntarily, not contractually, there's no requirement to do it, voluntarily repay $16 million in excess profit. And we see in late April, and moving forward through, I guess, March and April, following on the DOD OIG reports, a number of pricing proposals to go through DOD acquisition, requiring more information other than certified cost and pricing data and documentation of any efforts to refuse to provide that information. Peter, what, what do you think about this? This is really a gap, a long recognized gap in the ability to get spare parts, to deal with a robust supply and meet competition requirements to get the government comfortable that fair and reasonable prices are achieved. So to me, there are two, two things that really jump out. The first is there is, to the best of my knowledge, in the OIG report, the congressional testimony, no assertion that Transdime did anything improper. They exercised rights under law, regulation, contract, and the government didn't like that. But there's not an allegation they did anything improper. Correct. Um, no allegation of that. The second is there, this highlights for me a serious tension where on the one hand, the government is saying we want to be more commercial. And on the other hand, we don't like companies that in the aftermarket pricing are making more than 15% profit. Those things are irreconcilable when you look at the commercial marketplace and where profits are recognized, many of them, it's well, you know, well recognized that profits are recognized and realized in the spare part market, aftermarket, not when the original item is sold. So I do think that there's some interesting tension there and the government is trying to figure out which of those 
roads it wants to go down. So interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I sort of view this through a couple of different lenses, but primarily in the long arc of defense weapon systems procurement, do you pay a lot more upfront for the IP and to be able to yes. do things like this? Or, or do you not? And these decisions have been made decades ago. You can't really change it now. And it's just a persistent challenge. But on the other hand, we still have plenty of agencies putting out acquisition vehicles where they are expressly stating to industry, we expect you to make two, three, four percent profit. Yes. It, that makes no sense in an era where you're supposed to rely on competition. And as you say, and we're seeking the right. best yeah. and brightest of what's out there outside the government. Yes. So just fascinating dynamics with no easy answers and things we'll be watching. Want to close? Sure. So with that, we'll wrap up this edition. We'll see you again in two weeks. In the meantime, if you need anything, David can be reached at 202-624-2627, and Peter can be reached at 202-624-2807. Thank you so much for listening. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on iTunes, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.